Today on this episode of the Going Deeper podcast, the original trio here joins back together as we finish out the book of Exodus, and we really spend most of our time talking about the book of Joshua and some of the very difficult concepts that we encounter in that book on how it relates to things like holy war and the holiness of God. I'm your host, Kyle McCaskill. I'm Marie Barnes. I'm Becky Clark. So join us as we go deeper. We continue on now with the rest of the story in Exodus into the book of Joshua, which for the three of us should be this is old hat fairly familiar territory. Yep. So who's gonna who's gonna shoot first in, in this uh, rapid fire question answer session? I don't know that we necessarily have questions and answers since we taught it before. Although mm-hmm. Jericho was a week that I taught when we did the study of Joshua. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like I've been around the block before. What's interesting is um, how I've how I've changed in my thinking about all of this okay. <laughs> since last time. So in last time when I taught this chapter, I opened with holy war and um, made arguments that maybe God didn't really actually mean wipe everybody out. Mm-hmm. And by the time we got to, to the end of Joshua, I said, mm, I think he meant it. Yeah. And so we talked about the word harim, which we can point people back to the old mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Those are, uh, yeah. Look back in previous episodes and you'll find this was, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll tell you where to go when we get there. Yeah. And so it's a much longer conversation and we go through lots of different things talking about why this land and the umphalas and harim and all these other words and explaining in part why this land and explaining what God's purpose was when they had to fight to get the land, which I mean had to do with sanctifying the space. This is where God was going to live and God can't be where there is sin. And the Canaanites are sinful people. And Mm -hmm. we'll point you all the way back to Genesis as to God laying the groundwork and why it had to be this way. But harim, just the word that gets used about um, the taking of this land and the the devastation that has to come along with it, kind of has two meanings. There's the very military meaning where you go in, you do kill everybody, and you burn the city to the ground. And then there's this other one that's more of a cult meaning that has to do with devoting something to God. And mm-hmm. whether or not God literally meant... <clears throat> You wipe everybody out or not. When you're talking about Jericho, which is what we're talking about today, we have harim in every sense of the word. This is going to be God's city Mm -hmm. where he resides and nobody else is to live there. In Mm -hmm. fact, it ends with a curse on anybody who tries to rebuild it, which comes to pass later on when um, it's during the reign of King Ahab, a guy from Bethel does rebuild Jericho and every curse that Joshua spoke happens Mm -hmm. to this man. Yeah. I think I remember it saying that he paid for the building of his city with his firstborn, Mm -hmm. uh, something like that. Yeah. Was that in Isaiah? Oh, I don't remember. I mean, 
Marie's the one that taught most of this particular yeah. no, lesson. That was in Kings. It was in Kings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First Kings yeah. chapter sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's his eldest and his youngest son both mm-hmm. die when yeah. he rebuilds Jericho. And in fact the Jericho we know when we built when we visited the promised land and the the Jericho of the New Testament was about a mile away mm-hmm. from the Jericho that is taken in the book of Joshua. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um but yeah, I've come full circle since the first time we talked about this <laughs> with regard to that. But So the question comes down to holy war, I guess. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's what, when we were talking about what we're going to cover for this podcast, I think when you think anything about the book of Joshua, this is what you struggle with. You struggle mm-hmm. with the wars. You struggle yeah. with the people dying. You struggle with the, um, what is God asking people to do and is it really genocide and that's why we felt like that's what we need to retouch on this Mm -hmm. conversation right um and i the one thing i'll add before you kind of talk a little bit more about holy war maybe we talk about how you've come a little full circle (laughs) and i'm not sure where i am still i'm still very i'm still struggling i guess and and asking a lot of questions um to go back to the readings of earlier in this particular week of our E100 readings, and you said, like, we're going to talk about Joshua. Why do I need to bring my Exodus part? I brought my Exodus part <laughs> because <laughs> if we're going to talk about Holy War, one of the things that we need, me to, need to make very clear is what happens in Exodus in regard to God mm-hmm. setting the people mm-hmm. very clearly apart from everyone else. Our mm-hmm. readings um, have to do with the giving of the law and the Ten Commandments and it, the gap between what we read, I think, on Monday, what we read on Tuesday, there's like a multiple chapter gap. Yeah. And that multiple uh-huh. chapter gap is really more detail about mm-hmm. how to build the the tabernacle, how to uh, more depth of the Ten Commandments. And we don't read that part, but... It's God trying to make very clear to his people that you will be different. Mm-hmm. You and if if you do not get this concept that then when we get to the point of the promised land, you are not going to adhere to what I'm asking of you to really be different. Mm-hmm. It gets more difficult. When you get to the promised land, yeah. wandering around in the desert, which at the point of our second day of reading in Exodus is when we find out that they're going to really wander for a really long time yeah. because they screw up. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that wasn't, I don't, that wasn't necessarily the intent on the front end, um, but it becomes what happens. And so wandering in the desert and being set apart is one thing. Entering into the promised land and being a very different group of people who are monotheistic as opposed to polytheistic, who are declaring that this land that they are taking, they've taken because God had promised them the land, not because um, they just wanted it for themselves, and that the people who are living on it are living on it, um, and they shouldn't be, Mm -hmm. because it's God's land first. So. We have to kind of set that in place sure. and then get to this conversation mm-hmm. of the Holy War. So, because you need that background. So, right. I, I agree completely because you, you're talking about <clears throat> we completely skip Leviticus, mm-hmm. which has a special pa- place in mine and Becky and Kyle's heart. Yes, mm-hmm. it does. And 
in Leviticus, when you get to the moral code, as some people call it, and all these things that they're being told don't do, those are the things the Canaanites are doing. When God's saying, don't be like them, you can almost see them pointing. See those Uh guys over there as you're wandering the desert? Don't be like that. Don't do that to your children. Mm -hmm. Don't do that to your spouse. Don't do these, don't worship these other gods. Don't do Mm -hmm. all these horrific, immoral things. Be set Mm -hmm. apart. Be different. And... You, we, you you miss all of that in the process, which also yeah. multiple times, including in an Exodus, is where God says, you're going to have to go take the land. It's not like you said, you, the Israelites don't take the land for themselves. Right. God takes the land. Mm-hmm. He uses the Israelites to do it. Mm-hmm. It's right. his land first. Right. Everything is God's first. Right. So, when you talk about holy war and you talk about why did they go in there like this, it's because God went in there like this. And you get that really when you look at Jericho. God went into that war. And that's one of the fascinating things about Jericho when you look at what is what does it take to be a holy war? Well, you get priests and an ark marching around a city mm-hmm. and the walls fall down, not in, not out. They just collapse. You've got holy war at that point. Mm-hmm. So this is extremely unusual. You've got... Um, the the front heavy guard go first and then you get a priests going in with their trumpets but they don't blow them and then you get the ark and then you get the rear guard and they're marching around the city and the book moves very almost painfully slow at first lining out all of day one and Mm -hmm. all of day two and then we kind of hit the fast forward button Mm -hmm. and move real fast and then you slow back down for the final pass where they go around multiple times and then it's always you don't say a word was the the order to the army you're absolutely quiet until you hear the trumpets blast which to me takes me to the end of the bible all the way to the very end when we hear the the trumpets blast again Mm -hmm. and what's really going to happen when god comes in when jesus comes in on a horse with a sword so I, I want to pause for a second, yeah. though, because we're talking about the idea of holy war here, mm-hmm. and it's something that we discussed at length in mm-hmm. uh, previous episodes. Uh, this would be way back, you know, first or second episode of this podcast, mm-hmm. of season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of people who are listening maybe misunderstand mm. what we're talking about when we say holy war. We're mm-hmm. not talking about a group of people going and killing people in their in God's name. Right. We're talking about God actively participating yes. in the taking of the land, and that's why it's holy, not because people do it in, quote-unquote, the name of. Right. It is God actually taking part in. Yes. And so that's that's the distinction I think we need to make very clear mm-hmm. uh, for the people listening at home. That way, they, you guys out there understand that we're not talking kind of like the Crusades or something like right. that. Right. The Crusades were... Yeah. We're, we're talking we're, about... We're an, not holy war. Yeah. Actual, true, God-participating holy war. Yes. Thank you. You're yes. absolutely right. And that's, that is definitely... Uh, something that sets all of this apart, and it's because the purpose was for God's place. God mm-hmm. wanted to reside with His people in the land that He designated, and so. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. More coffee. Um, 
And so he he laid out the plans. God laid out this plan. God gave this plan to Joshua. God went in because when you talk about the ark being present, priests mm-hmm. don't go to war, and we don't we don't hear about priests again, as far as I know. We do um, in Judges. Mm-hmm. Do we? Okay. Yep. In our reading for next week, they're in. So we'll talk about it in next week's. Podcast. They're in a battle. Yep. Awesome. They're actually okay. the leaders of the battle. Awesome. Okay. So, because um, I remembered. I don't want to go back to Exodus. I said we weren't going to do that. <laughs> they went to battle in Exodus, didn't they? <laughs> Would you like for me no. to flip to it? <laughs> we don't have time. We don't have time. So the fall of Jericho is your first battle. You go Jericho, then you go, I think, AI, and then it's yes. uh, then you just kind of get all of the southern area and then all of the northern area. And really, people talk about Joshua being this book of war. It's really only about half of the book. Yeah. And then the whole rest of it is the the delineation of mm-hmm. the land, who gets what where. And some, I would add, and some examples of, of um, faithfulness mm-hmm. on the side of Israelites, yeah. mm-hmm. faithfulness on the side of Canaanites, mm-hmm. and then unfaithfulness... In both sides, too, right. uh, which uh, that interesting delineation I had never read before. Mm-hmm. And we don't have time to really cover that. Mm-hmm. But that's a, a portion of the book, too. So the book of Joshua, it's I think it's because those first few chapters that you read are really war. And mm-hmm. they're they're. They're a war that are, is very difficult for us to understand, and so people then get it in their brain that that whole book is just this really dark mm-hmm. book about war. No, honestly, the next book, <laughs> Judges, is That's a true. really, really dark book That's about true. war. Um, so, yeah. But, okay, so one of the things that we talked about in our in our first podcast about this that I think is really important that we we cover here again in our shorter period of time mm-hmm. is what it, and you covered it a little bit, but... What does this mean? Devoted things devoted to destruction, because that's um, <clears throat> he uses that phrase. God uses that phrase mm-hmm. multiple times within Joshua. And what does it mean to be devoted? A thing that is devoted to destruction, because we talk about people that are devoted to destruction. We talk about objects that are devoted to destruction. And then there are times where God says, this is devoted to destruction, but this is not mm-hmm. devoted to mm-hmm. destruction. Are you talking about when we go on over the word harem? Yes. And the, okay. okay. So, so the, really the difference, and you covered it a little bit. Right. Let's talk about it just a little so bit more. When, so an example would be, and it, you, you were about to point it out, was when they took Jericho mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. burned the city to the ground. It's that militaristic, devoted to destruction, burn it all. And then there's things that are meant to belong to God. I think this is where you're headed. Mm-hmm. Um, I've slept since our last time we covered this. Um, the there were items they were not to touch. Yeah, they were not to take for that. Well, they they took them to mm-hmm. devote them to God. <clears throat> yeah. Kind of like um, I don't know if these were going to be pieces that were meant to be used in the temple later or what, but they were. Um, Metal object. What were they? Like it was, but all silver and gold is what it says. Silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron in the treasury. Those were meant to be set aside, to be devoted to God, not burned up, not melted. Mm -hmm. But they're not for you either. And so, we talk about spoils of war. 
mm-hmm. uh, some later on in, in this book and things that they are allowed to have and take for themselves, mm-hmm. uh, livestock, because there's going to be cities that they go into that they don't completely burn to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't utterly harem. They leave things standing because they got to have a place to live. Mm-hmm. So God does them does allow them later on to keep livestock, to keep items of gold, silver, bronze, and iron. Yeah. But in this case, mm-hmm. this is meant to be his. You set it aside. You don't take it for themselves. You, they don't. They should not take it for themselves. And what happens is one guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we says, all remember. Well, yep. Sure does look mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. He knows he did wrong because he mm-hmm. buries it. It's it's yep. in the next chapter. Uh, Aiken. Yep. He buries it, and you don't bury things if you you don't hide them away, right? Yeah. If you, right. Unless you know you've done something wrong, and absolute calamity, utter calamity falls upon mm-hmm. our people when when this man, this one man, commits a sin. It affects the entirety of the group. Yeah, and which there's a whole nother rabbit trail we could go down as to how your sin mm-hmm. affects everybody around you even when you think it's good and hidden it's yeah. not ever mm-hmm. God always knows but so these items were meant to just belong to God God gets his share of this first this is his city these items are his items he gets this first fruit so to speak they get to have what's coming next okay so why why does a good God then declare that a whole people group in this town perish right mm. i think i answered that previously okay <laughs> <laughs> and i think it was like actually, just a few minutes ago no, no, previously no, uh, no like uh back in when we did this before yeah okay this would have been i think episode four maybe ask me. It, yeah, it was week four it was so, week four yeah episode yeah. four yeah uh so when we were originally discussing this with Doug, mm-hmm. the the thought, he said something and it sparked my brain. And I said, well, if the Israelites had actually done what they were told to do mm-hmm. in, in the taking of the promised land, then given the span of time that that part of the world has been contested, like thousands of years now. This is, what are we talking about? This is somewhere like 4,000 years ago. This is 2000 BC, 4,000 BC, something like that. It's a long time ago. A long time ago, yes. So lots and lots and lots of time. Mm -hmm. And over those thousands of years, how many people have died fighting over this land? Mm -hmm. And if the Israelites had just gone in and done what they had done, done what God had told them to do, then wouldn't the loss of life be significantly lower mm-hmm. over time than if than what has happened in in history i mean millions right. of people have perished fighting over this land so god is okay with some god's picture is bigger than ours so, for so, the for the bigger number he he's okay with some perishing for the larger whole I, I don't Playing know that devil's it's okay. advocate over here. I, I, this is the I, questions that yeah. these, I struggle with well, these so, things. Still. I, I don't know that it's that it's God that's okay with it. I think God I think says it grieves his soul. Yeah, any loss of life grieves God's soul. But God looking at it, saying the least collateral <clears throat> damage 
that can happen is if they just do what I say. Well, you can't get away from the wages of sin is death. Yeah. You can't get away from that. It doesn't matter if you believe in God or not. God is still there. And these people in this land were doing absolutely, I mean, the word that God uses, it's in Deuteronomy 20, is detestable. It's detestable. Mm-hmm. What they are doing is horrific. And He, God is wanting to reside in this land. Mm-hmm. And what happens in Leviticus, sorry to go back there again, when they're having to do sacrifices and mm-hmm. sin sacrifices, there are all of these purification rituals. They have to even do purification with the items in the temple to cleanse, because sin gets all over everything. Mm-hmm. And so, that this land has been completely and utterly just... It's icky. It's icky. Yeah. I mean, well, so what... I keep going back to Leviticus. What does it say? The land vo- vomited, vomited them out. Yeah, spewed them out. I think yeah, that's both both kind of translations. The translation. yeah. Yeah. yeah, the land vomited them out. If God's going to live there, it has to be sanctified. And mm-hmm. and you know one of the things you have to be careful of. And this is when you read, especially the Old Testament, but any part of the Bible, is something that we were all taught when we went through Epic of Eden the first time. And that's our ethnocentrism. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to take a step back when you're reading this and recognize. We're not living in this time. Yeah. Things back then were very different. It would not have been unusual to the Canaanites to have had to fight for land. They were fighting for land anyway. This swath Mm -hmm. of land was fought over, over and over and over again, as you point out. Mm -hmm. And so... When, when you read this and you say, well, this is just awful. I can't believe a loving God would allow for this. You have to recognize, first of all, the God of the Old Testament is the same as the God of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And Jesus talks about some pretty heavy-duty stuff when he talks about end times. John, just wait till we get to Revelation later on. Mm-hmm. Wages of sin is death. And the Canaanites were a sinful people group, and God wanted to live there. So... What do you think is going to happen? I guess is my question. <laughs> and and they were given an out, so they uh-huh. knew. They knew this people group. They even said it. The Rahab said it, I think. And the the group that makes the treaty later on says it. Uh-huh. We know your God is mighty. He parted mm-hmm. the Red Sea. Yeah. They know. It's not like this was a surprise. They knew before <laughs> the Israelites got there because it's it's. We get the heads up. Their hearts were melted with fear. Mm-hmm. And Rahab, the Canaanite woman. Mm-hmm. speaks to the spies. She hides them. She protects them. And then she declares God as mighty. And did she know entirely what she was saying? Probably not. But she knew enough, mm-hmm. and her faith was real. And her people were protected. And she is in the line of Jesus because of it. So it's not like they didn't have the chance to repent. Mm-hmm. They did. And God would have honored it. We know that from Rahab. Yeah. So it's, no doubt, it's hard to read, but... Yeah. You can't get away from the wages of sin being death. And God wants to reside in this land with his people. Mm-hmm. It's his land to begin with. So, it's well, still it, hard to read. Sure. Yeah. I think that's one of the most important things for us to remember in, in reading some of these these hard passages is that um, we can get to the point where we feel like God is a very wrathful and vengeful and, you know, it really doesn't care even though he says he cares about mm-hmm. all of humanity, all of his creation. But he gives all of his creation the opportunity to choose him and to know him. That's what happens. And in, in my understanding of the reading of the book of Joshua is that 
he has given the people. He has extended grace. He mm-hmm. has extended mercy. Mm-hmm. They were not interested in it. Thus, mm-hmm. if you are not interested in it, then, yeah. you know, then we move to the next step. But God has extended his hand to them, and um, and they didn't want it. Yeah. Kyle has said it over and over again, and it sticks with me. It's not not that God is a mean God. God is a holy God. And you can't, we we so often focus on Jesus loves you. It's all going to be okay. Jesus Mm -hmm. loves you. There's nothing wrong with you. And the truth of the matter is, Jesus is part of the Holy Trinity. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. Holy. Mm -hmm. And, And we are to, we are called... From Leviticus to Revelation, well, from Genesis to Revelation, to be holy as God is holy. And I am a long way from it. Well, we struggle with we struggle with the fact that that God makes really hard decisions. We want him to make easy loving decisions mm-hmm. because yeah. that's it's that's easy. Mm-hmm. And we can get behind that. Mm-hmm. More uh, we can jump behind that in in a much easier way than reconciling and struggling with some of the decisions that God makes mm-hmm. that we don't like that make us uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. the fact is is it it's okay that it makes us uncomfortable. It's okay that we struggle with it. It's okay that we have a hard time um kind of trying to reconcile within our hearts that God makes these really hard decisions. Mm-hmm. But that's what makes him God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And us not, yeah. you know. Well, and at the same time, uh the the idea that well, you know, I, I see it a lot that people say, well, God said it, and so, you know, ha whatever, you know. I said, God says it, I believe it, and that's right, that. Right, right, just- which, which is all fine and good, but I think it removes an, uh, an aspect of us really, if we just blindly say, oh, yeah, I, you know, whatever, that's, we're not really taking the time to process mm-hmm. what some of this point. means. Yeah. And so I think it's important for us to still admit that there are things that are hard. Mm-hmm. And again, we come back to this ethnocentrism thing mm-hmm. where uh, it's very easy for us to say, well, because I'm on the, the good end or the right end of this, right. that mm-hmm. obviously those people were bad and deserved it. Well, that's mm-hmm. not our place to say. No. Mm-hmm. It's God's place to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I think God wants us to question mm-hmm. and seek because in that we are seeking to get closer to understanding the fullness of who God is and what's, what he wants for not just me, but humanity. Mm-hmm. As we continue this whole E100 reading over the next weeks and weeks and weeks, there will be other passages of, of this scripture that hopefully people are going to struggle with. They're going to mm-hmm. have a hard time kind of swallowing some of the decisions that God makes, some of the, the dictates that he gives to his people, and even hopefully some of the responses that the people have. I, I hope that some mm-hmm. of the responses that people have disgust us as readers and say, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, why would you, I don't ever want to make that. You know, but that, mm-hmm. the beauty is that hopefully you find, that's what faith is. Uh-huh. Faith is the leaning in, even when it it is it is hard mm-hmm. to understand. It's yeah. the the continue to lean in to to God and say, "I don't get it." Yep. But I am thankful, honestly, that I didn't have to make that decision. Yeah. yeah. And that 
God carries all of those things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. in his heart, he has to carry the decisions that he has made yeah. for his people. Those really hard decisions. I don't have to carry those. Right. That's kind of the blessing that we have from God <laughs> is that he makes those hard ones. And, and all we have to do is kind of lean in a little mm-hmm. bit more to him. Yeah. Um, but, but it is good for us to wrestle with these hard passages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a hard book to read. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It's not easy. No. Uh, and I still don't know where I, I, I don't know how I feel and where so, I stand. And you circled back, but circled you know, back. when we first report, recorded this podcast, I was making every excuse possible. And by the time we got to the end of Joshua, because when we close, when I closed out my portion of Joshua, I had to pull in some of judges. And so I'll um, kind of leave, if, if, if I may leave a cliffhanger for you next week. Absolutely may. Um, God told them that the you, you when you go into the land you kill everybody don't even take don't take a wife for yourself mm-hmm. kill them all and some people actually use that I used that as an excuse as well why would God say don't don't marry if he wants you to kill them all and I think it's because God knows his people well and they're going to look for a loophole mm-hmm. well if she's my wife I can't kill her cuz the <laughs> 10 commandments said you know, thou shalt not murder, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I think God was saying, you need to, you're going to have to kill them all because mm-hmm. they are, they do detestable things, and you're going to be tempted. Let's go back to the golden calf. Moses wasn't gone five minutes uh-huh. before, magically, <laughs> right, Aaron? Magically, this golden calf just <laughs> came out of the fire. I don't know, God. Five minutes, and they were already worshiping other gods. Mm. And we get not even two two chapters into Judges, uh-huh. and already there's I think Asherah poles going up. Like oh, yeah. it's God's saying, "I know how easily influenced you are mm-hmm. by these people, and if you if they can't declare me to be the one true God, you cannot you can't hang out with these guys. They're bad influence." Yeah, and so. I I circled back around because by the time I was finished digging through Judges and looking all the way to the end of the book, the Bible, I, it didn't. It, it, Joshua wasn't dead five minutes before these people were worshiping other gods. So they were so easily influenced yep. by a sinful people, and God wanted them to be different. That yeah, I've kind I've come back around. Is is painful as it is for my mm-hmm. human brain to process who does not understand the ways and thinking of a mighty God I think he really did mean it if they can't turn they have to go yeah well and there's your your uh, big statement for today right there and so uh, if not you've an easy got, one to say it's, it's not an easy one to say no so if you've got questions out there you can send us an email to askgoingdeeper at gmail.com and we will get those questions and we will uh, put those into the queue for our next Q&A session when we have it in a few weeks. And uh, the the three of us will be back again next week mm-hmm. to carry on the conversation in the book of Judges and maybe uh, I think Becky has a soft spot in her heart for the book of Ruth. <laughs> I do very much. She, she does very, She's much. very much. She has a soft so spot it's, it's going to be really hard for us to 
not talk about Ruth as well. Okay. Uh, so we we hope to keep these short. Go ahead and follow us on Insta, not Instagram. Well, you can follow us on Instagram, sure. <laughs> Trinity Rustin. <laughs> you want to? Uh, but follow us on YouTube, Podbean, Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. Give us a like. <clears throat> Check us out on trinityreston.org and keep reading. We'll see y'all next week.